Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Uninvested Podcast. My name is Crockett Calloway. I'm Sahil Seth. Uh, and today we're going to be kicking off the inaugural episode of the podcast, uh, Why Uninvested? To be completely honest, we're two broke college students. We don't have any money in the game. The only thing we have invested in the venture capital space is our own interest. And so every episode, we're going to be breaking down exciting things that are happening in the space, uh, really interesting investments that have recently happened, and really just general venture capital and investing news. So what are we going to be talking about today, Sahil? So today we're going to be talking about Adobe's acquisition of Figma. For, the, for those of you that don't know, Adobe is really just the grandfather of everything design, you know, Photoshop. Lightroom, all these applications, and they just bought, you know, possibly one of the, hard, the hottest startups, Figma, for $20 billion. And something we really want to get in here is, how can they justify this sticker price of $20 billion? It's, it's interesting, you know, we've seen before, they have, they raised nearly 300 and I think $38 million in funding. Uh, and, and to date, the revenue is not at that. I mean, they bought it for $20 billion. What's their current yeah. revenue right now? Somewhere? So they just doubled from $200 million to $400 million. So that's a 50x revenue multiple. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what that means, essentially, their sticker price is their revenues times some X amount. In this mm-hmm. case, it was 20x, mm-hmm. which is a number that would be crazy even a year ago when venture capital was pouring all this money into startups. Mm-hmm. Even now when we've pumped the brakes during this like, current recessionary environment that we're in. So um, I, I think to justify that 50x multiple, we have to look at like, what are Adobe's motivations in the first place, right? Because like, we have not seen an acquisition like this. And by the way, the acquisition hasn't gone through yet. Like the FTC still has to check it out. That's, that's something we'll get to later in the podcast as well. Um, but what are Adobe's motivations behind this? You know, Adobe is a legacy company, like I said, you know, some could say they're failing, you know, the age of having, you know, this suite of applications is really not something anyone wants anymore. Everyone wants a one platform business and they saw Figma is really their number one competitor in the space. You know, they're really fast growing. The year over year growth is insane. Like we said, they still were able to manage doubling revenues from a staggering number of 200 million to 400 million. Mm -hmm. So we want to think about, do you think this is a really a defensive move or why other motivations that Adobe have for this? So I, I like to think of it as defensive. And I think the biggest thing that jumps to mind is, is, is when have people done things like this in the past and have those actions been defensive or offensive? And so the first thing I think of is, is Facebook um, buying WhatsApp, for example. So we see like 2008, WhatsApp starts, super small, private messaging uh, company. Uh, obviously Facebook at that point had already like been up and coming and they were con- con- continuing to grow like insanely rapidly. Um, but then somewhere around 2011, Facebook starts to notice what WhatsApp is doing. They're a little bit freaked out that it's just first and foremost like a social messaging platform, right? Because Facebook was starting with Messenger, which they thought was going to be the next thing. Uh, they end up buying in 2014, Facebook buys WhatsApp. Uh, for at the time, $19 billion, which I did a little inflation adjustment. That's like $23 billion today. So even bigger uh, than, than the actual deal we're talking about today, the Figma acquisition. Um, but at the time, it was completely defensive. Yeah. Like Facebook was saying at the time that the biggest threat to their growth uh, and to their future product success, especially for Messenger, was uh, WhatsApp. And so, you know, bought it out, completely wiped it off the market. I mean, it still exists in the market today, but like completely eliminated that competitive threat. And so I think today when we look at like, what are Adobe's threats in this space, their biggest threats are like these huge, new, bright, innovative game changers in the space. And that's why designers love Figma in the first place. Exactly. It's just that one clever platform. But just jumping back to the point about Facebook, you know, they've been known to make these defensive maneuvers. Think about buying Instagram. Mm-hmm. But something I really want to think about is Facebook really, they didn't integrate WhatsApp, Instagram. They really kept them separate. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think Adobe's going to take a different route here and they're really going to like integrate Figma. There's not going to still be, you know, 
Figma by Adobe or maybe just Figma by itself, I would think they're going to make it one cohesive platform. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike what Facebook is doing, they kind of like had this cannibalization of their same um, customers. You know, we have young people going on Instagram, old people still going on Facebook and really like no mix of it in between here. So mm-hmm. that's one of the worries I have about, you know, Adobe trying to keep Figma separate is they're really going to cannibalize their existing market rather than merging it. So, I mean, when, when we talk about that existing market too, like I think at the end of the day, the UI UX space is completely driven by designers. It's like a weird, like cultish space a little yeah. bit. Designers have these toolkits of like products they use, um, their own product suite, if you will. And uh, they're like super culty about the things they like. And they build these like online Reddit communities behind what they like. And there are actually a lot of people right now who are super unhappy with the deal from the designer end. Yeah. Um, there are massive communities uh, of designers who are kind of outraged at what's happening because they've seen before previous acquisitions of smaller UI startups and UI integrations where their integrations um, and really, their innovation just halts once they get, once they get acquired. Um, do you think like what Adobe is going to do right now is like, because you mentioned they're going to integrate them into their product suite. Um, do you think their ideas like keep building it or kind of just like fizzle it into what they have right now? Yeah, so my really thought is, you know, I was reading on TechCrunch, they had this really big idea that Adobe is essentially going to go into Figma, if you will, instead of a Figma becoming, you know, just another part of their creative cloud suite. Mm. And I really think that's what's going to happen, that Adobe is going to become Figma, where you have this one cohesive platform, you know, you're going to be on Photoshop, I could be doing it right alongside you, because that really is the future, this collaborative natures of company going in the future, you know, we can't have this, you know, one product here, one product here, and then you'll combine them at the end, we really need to be working on it you know, start to finish together to really understand the customer in that aspect for these faster and faster iterations mm-hmm. that, you know, the um, current market landscape is calling for. So, so your, your idea right now is that, right, Adobe has bought, let, let's, say, let's imagine like yeah. six months from now, FTC puts a green stamp on this deal, goes through, right? Which by the way, I'd be like, I would be, yeah. I would say six months is like probably kind of uh, like liberal with that. Like yeah, I think yeah. it's probably like closer to a year until this goes through. Because um, by the way, like this is it's essentially monopolies what they're creating. Over yeah, the design market. Well, we can talk about that. You know, these legacy companies buying startups, but we'll, we'll pump the brakes on that we'll, for now. We'll pump the brakes for a second. So my idea, let's say, imagine they put a green stamp on the deal. Yeah. Um, next year, a year from now, is you log on to Adobe.com and when you go to your manager subscriptions on their Creative Cloud, which is just their suite of platforms, do you have access to buy Adobe Figma? Or when you log on to Figma's website, it's just Figma by Adobe. Like, who's retaining? kind of a larger brand image and ownership here. I think it has to be Adobe. They're not really going for a complete rebrand, I want to say, like into Figma. They don't want to steal essentially Figma's thunder and say, oh, we are now Figma. Figma is our competitor. That's really kind of like submitting to them rather than they're going to take the best aspects of Figma and mm-hmm. kind of use it to refuel Adobe in that nature and really try to take over Figma's growth for themselves mm-hmm. and like reestablish themselves as this number one player, you know, going into the future. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, my, my idea, though, there is that I think the most important thing to, like, when we talk about, like, who's retaining brand ownership, right? Um, I, I think we have to loop it back to my, my earlier point, which is designers in the first place, right? Because designers' biggest thing is that they're afraid that they're going to go log on to Figma.com. It's going to redirect them to this, like, old grandfather legacy product, like Adobe XD, that now just has little snippets of what they liked from the past. But at the end of the day, people jumped onto Figma. And I think this is something that hopefully we'll discuss in, in, in future podcasts. Is people jumped onto it because it was just an insane amount of innovation yeah. happening really quickly. Yeah. I mean, Figma is a, it's a sub-10-year-old startup, right? Exactly. And, and they've, they've done more stuff, you know, native, real-time, uh, like, collaborative editing, uh, 
you know, prototyping and stitching between the UI to UX landscape. They've done stuff that like hasn't been available before. Mm-hmm. And I think people's fear is that, look, we invested our time, our efforts, companies have invested enterprise level subscriptions into yeah. Figma. Uh, and now Figma is just going to revert back to what people stopped using 10 years ago. I think that's their, their, their fear here, but I could be totally wrong. So you're, you're kind of thinking like Figma is going to like fade away into the fold that is the greater, you know, Adobe what it is. That, that, that's my fear here. And I, I think, look, if, if we talk, if we go back to what we just talked about, about being a defensive maneuver, I think brilliant defensive maneuver, right? Like they're eliminating their competition. Yeah. But I think when we look at it from the consumer's perspective, it might not be in their best interest. I think yeah. there's that, there's this real fear here that, you know, they're going to be like really? completely stalled. Um, I, I, don't I don't know. know. My thoughts are really that, you know, like you were saying, you're going to type in figma.com. That's going to be the same thing as typing adobe.com. It's mm. going to be like, one application, maybe just even one online platform. I know it's going to take a lot of infrastructure to really take all those separate applications. Like, like we talked about Photoshop, mm-hmm. Adobe XD, and bring them all into one like application. But that is really what I think Adobe needs going in the future. You know, you're not going to be able to pick and choose which different suites you want. Maybe that will based on like their different subscription models they have. Like you have access to all of these or you have access to, you know, only two of the products. Mm. But I do think it's going to be one interactive platform now going forward instead of like multiple separate platforms. I, I will say though, a uh, recent quote from Dylan Field, who's the yeah. co-founder, uh, original co-founder of, uh, of Figma and still continues on. Uh, he recently said, Adobe is deeply committed to keeping Figma operating autonomously and I will continue to serve as CEO. And so I think this is kind mm. of, inciting that they want them to remain completely separate. Um, I think that like there's probably a fear on his yeah. end that that joining them a little bit more, like they know who their competitor yeah. is. They know that their main competitor is someone who people view as very old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like, I, I actually kind of disagree. I think that like, yeah. although what I'd like to think is Adobe's gonna swallow them up. Yeah. Like I think there's gonna be real pressure and this is probably part of the deal in the first place. Yeah, I find it very interesting because you know, Adobe did, I believe they bought Figma with half a stock essentially mm-hmm. when Adobe was in the attempt of buying back stock, really doing like a reverse maneuver to buy, buy Figma. So I wonder if like that was part of like the stipulations how you know, Figma, they want some stake in Adobe rather than just like becoming Adobe itself, mm-hmm. which is interesting though. Because I don't know, because now you're talking about like keeping them autonomous. I feel like they're really just going to cannibalize their own market. Like Adobe customers are just going to become Figma customers, mm. essentially. I mean, from that perspective, like, do you think it's going to be like they're forced to almost? Like they have, they have no real choice in this matter. They just get introduced to this new Figma, Adobe, like Adobe Figma is maybe the, yeah. the new serviceable pioneer. Like they just get introduced and they're forced to do that? Or do you think they're actually really going to lose that market? I think they will lose that market because this ties back to, you know, like that Facebook Instagram thing. Like Facebook really did lose that market. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see Facebook is going through their own turmoil right now. You know, they've tried other rebrands with Meta, Metaverse, not panning out. Maybe mm-hmm. they will in the future. But my fear is that this is really just like a Facebook Instagram parallel where this giant legacy company, Adobe, you know, they bought this very hot up and coming startup now, like high growth company. And, you know, they're just competing for the same markets in that aspect. But so... What I look at is a little bit different too. So when we think about them losing this massive market um, just because of you know the sticker price and their previous market share, um, let's go back to that. Let's look at when Facebook bought Instagram, right? Yeah. One of the reasons they bought Instagram is because the demographic for Instagram was way younger than Facebook. It's true. And they didn't want to lose out on that market. Now Figma, um, at the time of the purchase, had 77% of the market. Yeah. Um, and so you could say they were already a monopolist on this market. Yeah. Um, Adobe, who was kind of like poor, shriveling out, like disheveled, who's by the way, their, their stock sticker price was in the 
down, down 46%, I think, over the years, something exactly. like that. This was completely like, look, we have way more money than you, but you are on a way better yeah. trajectory than us. Um, and so I think it's like, and, and in this case, and this is my, my larger point, when Facebook bought Instagram, even though they had this dominance over the market, I don't think they lost much of their consumer base. Consumers were kind of fine that like, okay. remaining with so Instagram. The existing consumer base will stay the same for Adobe. You know, Adobe's not going to lose to Figma, but I'm saying, what about the new people? You know, like, we just made our logo off of Figma for free. Like, yeah. you're not going to go use Adobe. Yeah. Like, you're going to stay with Figma. Like, well, how can Adobe compete to get new customers then? Uh, how can they compete to get... Well, okay, let's, let's take it, like, one by one. So there's the question, how can they compete to get new customers? But yeah. then how can they retain their own customers and kind of, like, avoid churn, right? Um, and so I think when it's retaining customers, it's just they have to remain... They have to kind of, like, garner that loyalty uh, just by continuing their path of innovation. Yeah. Like, being very transparent. A quote like that from Dylan Field about um, him remaining on a CEO, I think, is, like, really important. Yeah. Um, especially for That's this huge. very, like, invested consumer base in the design industry where people are, like constantly obsessed with yeah. what they're they're working on but when we look at like gathering new consumers i don't know i think it's like i, I wonder if they're going to continue to be an industry cannibal and just go after um all of these startups that we see today are already integrating with figma yeah um i wonder how that's going to change those integrations in the first place i think um sahal and i were, were chatting about this when the deal initially happened there are hundreds of startups now exactly. whose entire existence is dependent upon figma right like mm -hmm. They exist so that UI designers can just pull them into the, the yeah. toolkit and integrate them. Um, I, I mean, do you think they're going to lose all those as well? Or like, I don't know. It's just a question of what to see in the future. I think they will lose in the, at the end of the game. They're going to pour all their money into Figma. But I still don't know, going back to our first point of you know, a 50x revenue multiple, mm -hmm. if we're not seeing like Adobe's core business itself getting any increase in revenue rather than just you know, taking on Figma's re revenue. Mm -hmm. I, I think... Maybe an interesting um, note on, on that topic is because I feel like at this point, right, like we could we could pick this apart all day. But I think something that's really interesting here is when you're in a position like Adobe was where you are, although you have a ton of capital, um, your shareholder support is tanking. Your stocks are down. People are not using yeah. your services. Figma owns 77 percent of the design market. Meanwhile, Adobe has been pumping millions into Adobe XD and Photoshop and Lightroom over the last yeah. 15 years. Um, in general, like, what are your options as, as a company? Because they chose to make the maneuver, right? We're going to buy out this company. Exactly. There's, there's also the, you know, you could, you could pivot to a different product. You could go target another consumer segment. Like, mm -hmm. what are your options? Like, how do you weigh your options in that, in that position? Exactly. I think this makes like, a good segue to our next point about, you know, legacy companies going out and buying startups. Mm -hmm. Like, should this deal even go through? It really sets a precedent that, you know, these legacy companies, they have all this money, billions of dollars. Can they just swallow up startups and no one can really compete anymore. Like, do we think legacy companies should be allowed to buy startups, you know, up and coming high growth companies uh, like Adobe bought Figma, but does this really kill innovation, do we think? Or does it bolster it in fact by like having these capital injections? Well, look, I think at the end of the day, companies are allowed to do whatever they want, right? Like that's part of the beauty of operating exactly. in a free market. Mm -hmm. I think to, by the way, like with the regulation of the FTC to make sure that you're not completely, completely running out of the competition. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To, you know, to be completely honest, like I don't know what the FTC specific regulations are. You know, if, if they let Facebook buy a WhatsApp, which has been heavily contested, and many people think it was a horrible decision, yeah. especially given in the last two years all the controversy we've seen over social, social media gathering people's information. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. I assume like I assume the deal will go through. Otherwise, there'll yeah. be like insane scrutiny. Um, but maybe there should be like more of a specific metric, right? Like if your market share is over X amount, like you should not be able to buy a company that is X amount close to what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, like they're completely allowed to do it. Um, someone made a smart decision on Adobe's behalf. Um, whether or not you think that they're like completely erasing the competition or they're harming uh, Figma fans out there and like stalling the design industry, they made a smart business decision. Exactly. Um, so I don't. I mean, do you feel that like there should be tighter regulations on it? No, I think the deal should be allowed to go through. My only worry is, you know. If I'm a startup, I have a great idea. How am I going to compete against Figma now? Like, you were already unable to compete against Figma. Like you said, 70%, uh, 77% of the market. Now they're backed by this billion-dollar public corporation. They could just do what you know, Facebook does. Someone comes along, or like TikTok does. Someone comes along with a great idea like Be Real did. You know, you just make it internally now. And you just put it on your own platform. It's like an extra feature. So, like, I just worry that this could, like, pause innovation, like you're saying, in the design space. Like, Obviously, Figma will keep, you know, progressing and innovating themselves, but I think the greatest innovation comes from the pressure of your competition, mm. and you can see what everyone else is doing and finding new ways to beat out competition. But if you can just build something internally, how can you really compete against that? Yeah, it's, there's a gradient of competition, right? Like, like minor or, like, mediary competition, that helps thrive innovation like you're talking, or helps yeah. spur innovation like you're talking about. But when the competition owns 100% of the market, like, it's not a competition. It's a brick wall. That's, yeah. that's not competition. Um, my question for you, though, is what do you think Canva's response is going to be now? I don't know. Canva, you know, I don't think you guys have seen. They recently released like, a new work speed. They're kind of competing with Google's works, um, works, workshop in this suite in this case. But I don't know what they're going to do. I think they might, you know, pivot into their own niche a little bit, be more for, like, the beginners, they might say, you know, with their templated versions rather than figments for, for the advanced. So kind of catering towards people you know, that are beginning, but I wonder how they can hold on to those people because once you can become more advanced in UI UX design, like you eventually go to Figma, but just because it's a more powerful program. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? Like how can Canva really keep on to their customers? Look, I think Canva's like quaking right now. Yeah. I, I think they're absolutely terrified. If I'm, if I'm the Canva co-founders, um, you, I mean, you're probably in talks with the FTC trying to like lobby this not to go through. Yeah, you're probably me. in talks with execs at Figma. Um, I think I think their biggest thing right now is Canva attracts much more of a beginner market. Exactly. I think um, you mentioned it before, and I think you said Figma. Like our logo is straight from Canva, right? And like, what the fuck do we know? Um, and yeah. I think for Figma, like you have to be more of like an intermediate or experienced um, designer. And so maybe that's a market that they're gonna really try and, and dive after. Like I have this background fear that now this Adobe Figma carnivore is going to gobble yeah. up Canva. Um, oh god but then i don't then like how do you like where's your retention coming from like what is stopping someone you know for building the skills on canva and not just like and then just leaving canva how do you incentivize people to stay i don't know i don't know the answer um yeah i mean i think that's something that we're gonna have to leave uh to discuss further in the next episode but uh i'm crockett calloway i'm sahil seth and this is uninvested